Praise the Lord. Uh, we are continuing the book of Galatians series. The letter of Apostle Paul to the Galatians is what we are going through. We have started in chapter 1 and we have gone as far as introducing Apostle Paul and why he was writing what he was writing. Now we are now in Galatians chapter 1 from verse 11. Apostle Paul now is going to begin to certify the people of what he has been preaching and how he got it. Verse 11 says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That verse 11 and verse 12 is almost like saying, let me show you my credentials. Say, well, which university did you graduate from? Let me show you my credentials. Which uh, Bible college you graduate from? Let me show you my credentials. That's what he is trying to say right here. Because some people have challenged me, with me that he's preaching to you, that he's talking on the radio here. Some people said, I, when, I, when I was in uh, writing some magazines in many years ago, and some people are believing and writing and reading some of those magazines, they are, they, are, they, are, they are enjoying it. One man wrote to me that he, he gave my magazine to one, one uh, priest, he called him a priest, which means he's of another denomination. And who was his relative? I said, read this man's uh, something. And this priest or whatever is a pastor, a priest said, who is he? What college did he go? Did he graduate from? If you don't call it from a, from a Bible college we recognize, I don't want to read this book. You see? And that is the type of thing that goes on in the world. And that, that young man that, that was had that experience wrote to me and said, his cousin who was a priest, doesn't want to read my book. He already said he was so enjoying it and he wanted to share it with him. He said, if he doesn't come from the Bible college we know, we recognize, I don't want to read this book. Now, Apostle Paul said, okay, let me show you my credentials. It's what Apostle Paul was saying right here. That I was not taught this by man. That's what Apostle Paul is saying in, 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 for himself. He was now presenting his own certification. Where he said, well, he, he will certify you to go and be preaching. And that's how many people would like to, to challenge some preachers. Apostle Paul said, better I certify you. That is, I'm showing you my certification, brethren. That the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man. See what Apostle Paul said? Neither was I taught it. That is, it's not like he went to Apostle Peter to learn from Apostle Peter or from James or from many of these people. He said, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why he told them that I saw the Lord Jesus Christ myself. That's what he meant. Verse 13. Now, let me stop right here and just put my own testimony right here. Because sometimes people have challenged me that is preaching on this radio. People have challenged me from so-called scholars. Like I just said in many years ago in 1990s. I said 1990s, so you can see how long that has been. That this man got my magazine and was enjoying it and was writing back to me. And I, then he told me he tried to give it to one of his uh, cousins or that, were, that was already a priest or a pastor in the church or a priest. And that man won't read it. He said, if it's not from a Bible school, we recognize we don't want to read this book. You see. Apostle Paul was giving that same example. He said, I never learned this from man. And he was going to tell you how many days he stayed with Apostle Peter if they thought he must have learned it from Jerusalem. No, he was going to tell them his experience. And the same way, the Lord Jesus Christ manifested to this my own testimony. 
the logical manifested to me many years ago when he sent me out to preach the gospel the first time it was in university of ife the lord told me well immediately after I, I was waiting upon the lord about the time he was going to give me the baptism of the holy ghost he called me outside to go and fast and on the mountain i went to the mountain in university of ife the mountain is still there up to today and that mountain was where they have the zoo the zoological garden so i went there around saturday morning and went to the to a little jungle there where i was fasting i started fasting from friday without eating anything day and night and i went there i started saturday morning while i can still see the the, the brushes and i slept over overnight saturday night in the jungle the lord led me to do that made me to be wild because when it comes to the night and i was hearing the noise of all those all those uh, animals some of them were running about in that jungle i was wild because i was i've been fasting of course that made me to be wild no wonder the logical went to the to the jungle when he was wanting to fast for 40 days it makes you to be wild when you have to sleep with animals when they are ready to see a woman made around i will give tell so many testimonies of that when the snake saw me where i was lying down on a on a on a, on a mat in the in the jungle there around the i don't know 12 midnight or or 4 a.m i saw the snake passing by the snake saw me and fled the other direction i didn't run i just my, my all my all my all my spirit was just energized ready to do ready to stand see that was my experience then this following day i came down that was when the lord spoke to me so sunday the following sunday when i was coming down the lord spoke to me he has called me to be a minister of the gospel that was the first experience of calling me then he filled me with the holy ghost that same day then many years later the lord visited me when he first spoke to me i just heard his voice in mountain. but many years later in my room we were praising the lord in the vision and the Lord manifested as the Son of Man, which I could I saw him. And I said, said Lord, yeah, I saw him. He came into my room. I could see the scars in his hands and in his feet. And he was wearing a robe, white robe. And his on his head was like a crown of thorns. He manifested the way he was crucified. We could see the crown of thorns, but now glorified crown of thorns. And the hands that were pierced, glowing red. So you can know that that's the like a like a mark of a wound in the palms of his two hands and his feet, and the mark of a wound in his side, in his left rib. That was how he manifested in that vision, and we hugged him, and the Lord put his finger upon my mouth, upon my lips. That means my word is in your mouth. So that's why I can also say with Apostle Paul that I never learned this from man even though I learned it from reading the scriptures of Apostle Paul. Yes, we learned it by reading the letter of Apostle Paul, but the Lord revealed more things unto us. He's putting his word into our mouth. That's why we are going about teaching the people that Jesus Christ is the only way. And you do well to believe. So like Apostle Paul said, verse 13 of Galatians chapter 1, he said, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, all that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. That was Apostle Paul's own testimony. And I profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous 
of the traditions of my father. You see, the Jews were only following traditions of their fathers. And that tradition has been modified and modified over the years. In fact, I was thinking of that up to now. There are many Jews in America where, where I live. And some of them are still trying to convince other people that Apostle Paul was wrong. Apostle Paul was not wrong. Apostle Paul was telling, uh, telling his credentials in this Galatia chapter 1. They thought Apostle Paul made a mistake. No, he didn't make any mistake. It was Christ changed him. He was telling in this, in this letter that he profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation. More zealous, exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. See, all their tradition, they, they must wash their hands, they must wash their feet, they must uh, put this, uh, all this type of thing that they do, rituals that Christ has fulfilled all those rituals, we don't need to do those anymore. They must sacrifice a ram and bring it to the temple. And some Christians are trying to still support the Jewish rebuilding of the temple as if the Christians wanted to go and be sacrificing it. Wonder whether they are Christians or they are just uh, not understanding what Christianity is all about. They were in this generation, I'm talking of this generation, some of them are trying to go to Jerusalem and try to help the Jews rebuild the temple and they are talking about it. The Jews are trying to make new sacrifices now. These are the Jews that don't believe Christ. I don't know why the Christians are supporting them as if they must help them build their temple. It's a kind of a confusion if they don't understand, if I won't call it deception. But you see, many of them are doing it because they wanted to fulfill the Bible and say there will be another temple and they are trying to help them build it. Whereas that is not what Christ sent us to do. Christ said he, to preach the gospel is what Christ sent us to do. Not to help them build a temple where they are going to be sacrificing rams again. Why? Because Christ is the end of the, of the law for sacrifices of those type of things. Christ has already sacrificed one sacrifice for all. Once and for all it is finished. But see the Jews I don't believe still want to build that temple again. And they were trying to get an haifa. And they are trying to do all the sacrifices. They don't believe Jesus Christ is their Messiah. And they... And all of those things, God will not allow that to happen because Christ has already paid for the sins of men. Those who don't believe, they will be, they will fight it out in the Armageddon with the warriors of the world before Christ come and save the remnant. God will save the remnant, but see, that is what is going on in the generation right now. I just throw that in because many people don't really understand what is going on. They say, oh, they are going to build a new temple in Jerusalem, another temple is going to be. That temple is not for Christ. Because they are building because they don't believe Christ. So the Christians that are trying to help them build the temple, I don't know whether they are, they are just trying to fulfill the Bible. That, oh, the Bible said there will be another temple built. But that temple is not the temple for Christ. You have to remember that. Now, let's go on. Verse 14. It's what I just read. Now, verse 15, Apostle Paul said, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by His grace, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. That is Apostle Paul said, when God converted him, he didn't go to talk to these human beings that have been believers before him. What did he say he do? He said, Neither went I up to Jerusalem, verse 17. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. He said he didn't go to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before him. But I went into Arabia. What did he go to do in Arabia? Well, let's listen. And then return again unto Damascus. Why did he go to Arabia? Now, I want to point this one out to you because people wonder, what does that really mean? He went to Arabia. Well, you don't see this in the book of Acts of the Apostles. 
when he said he converted the Bible, uh, look that wrote the letters or that wrote the Acts of the Apostles, simply summarized what he had. Apostle Paul was converted, he went into Damascus, and then he, he, his eyes was opened, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost and started preaching right there. That's what, Apostle, what the Acts of the Apostles summarized. But the detail, only Apostle Paul knew the detail. Only Apostle Paul knew the detail, and he is telling you the detail right now that he went to Arabia and then returned again to Damascus. That could be when he, after his eyes was opened in Damascus, and the brother prayed for him, and he was he left Dam uh, Damascus, and he said he went to Arabia. He didn't go to Jerusalem, he went to Arabia. But Luke wrote that he must have gone to Jerusalem. But that it was later, he was now telling his own story. He was the one that was there, he could tell what really, how, how he traveled that day. But when he was converted in Damascus, he said he went straight to Arabia. Why, where, what was in Arabia? Now I want to make you to know that Arabia is where you have the Mount Sinai, Mount Oreb. So all the Jews knew about Mount Sinai where Moses met God. And Mount Oreb was where Elijah the prophet went to, which is just the same mountain. Only one section is called Oreb. Or another, you know, the mountains only have some peaks, some peaks. So they call it Mount Sinai. They say maybe this one that has the peak over here is, is, is Oreb. So uh, Mount Oreb is what the Bible said. Elijah the prophet went to Mount Oreb when he ran away from uh, Jezebel. And then he went for 40 days and just camped in the cave in that mountain until God spoke to him. So it was like a, an isolated place where they can seek the Lord. An isolated place where can, they can seek the Lord. Elijah the prophet, when they met Mount Oreb, Mount Sinai, they are all in Arabia. If you look at the map right now, they were in Arabia. When you see the, the map of the old, old, old time when the, the Jews, the Israelites, when they left Egypt, they went down after they crossed the the Red Sea, they went down and then went up towards the Mount Sinai. But Mount Sinai is in Arabia. There was no, it's called Arabia now, the Saudi Arabia is in that country. The, the country is now called Saudi Arabia. But all of those places, those days, were just, um, just uh, the Bedouins, some Midianites are living there. So that was where Moses came from when he came back to Egypt. He was living with the Midianites. So God said, bring them over here to this mountain. So he brought them first to Mount Sinai which was far away from where they were really going also. Then they went, after leaving Mansana, they went back to, to go to Canaan. And that's where they are almost like 40 years wandering around in that place because God said they're going to have to wander. But that was where, that Mount, Mount Sinai or Mount Oreb is in Arabia. That's where the Jews of that generation knew that if they really wanted to seek God, they didn't want to have a time for God, they should go into an isolated place where they can really fast and pray and seek God. And read the, the letters, the, the book that they have that to teach them. So it was a place of isolation where they can see God, and that is what Arabia means to them. And the way he went, it was apostle saying he went to Arabia first, which means he went to see God. And what is this thing all about? That's what it means. If the, if he believed this way, and the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him, the light, a ball of light, and knocked him down on the, on, the, on his eye horse, and converted him. He couldn't see for three days, and then in Damascus, somebody prayed for him and told him, I'm giving baptism to the Holy Ghost. He needed to understand this thing. He didn't want to hear it from these other Christians. What is this all about? This is all I've been taught by Gamaliel, the great uh, Pharisee, that thought they know the Torah, they know the books of the law of Moses. 
they have been taught this way and they thought this Jesus is, is wrong. You see? Now Jesus Christ is gone into glory, he appeared in the fall of light to him. So you knew that well, we have they are now they have been wrong. That this is the true Messiah. But show this to me. How do I what so he went to understand? So he went to Arabia, he sought the Lord, that's what it meant. He went there to seek the Lord. Then say he returned again to Damascus from Arabia. Now verse 18, because that was where he he, he was converted. And he, those are the first believers he knew. That's why he went back to Arabia, to Damascus. It's like, say, you are converted, you are among these believers, then you went to fast and pray. Where do you go when you fast and pray? You go back to the people among your believers. So Damascus believers are the first people he knew that have accepted him as now a believer because before in Jerusalem, they will be running away from him because they know he was persecuting them. Now in Damascus was the first place, the first bunch of fellowship that accepted him that he has been converted but that day are the one that prayed and got his eyes open also so then that's why when he left arabia he went back to damascus that's like that's my local church now verse 18 is now going to tell us more of his stories why was he telling us this story of himself because he wanted to make them see that he didn't learn what he was teaching the gentiles from all the apostles in jerusalem that's what he wanted that's why he's deleting this is 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 traveling in Isalia, Isalia part of Isalia traveling when he first got converted, he's trying to relate to us right now in this Galatians chapter one. He said verse thirteen. He said when he said he went back to the man, he said verse he said, then after three years. Now, where I was three years in Damascus, we could be we be perhaps what we could think he meant by this, or maybe it was in Damascus. But he said after three years. I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. Now, so if you are to trace his path, now you say, well, he was, according to Acts of the Apostles, Apostle Paul, as Saul of Tarsus, was going to Damascus, and Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, knocked him down on his horse, and he's blinded for three days, and then he went to Damascus, they led him by hand into Damascus, and there he met believers in Damascus who prayed for him and got his eyes open. That was how far we knew we could put a stop there when he got his eyes open. Now, if you follow the story in the Acts of the Apostles, you will say, well, they said he started preaching in Damascus and the governor wanted to arrest him. That was how, Apostle, how Luke wrote it in the book of Acts of the Apostles. And then they have to drop him by a basket off to, to escape. And then Luke said he just went to Jerusalem. But now he's telling us the detail. He said, well, he actually went to Arabia first, which means the time they thought he was preaching in Damascus there, he most likely was first, you say he first went to Arabia. He didn't tell us how long he was in Arabia, maybe 40 days, maybe one month, maybe two months, maybe three months, just seeking the Lord. Then he said now he came back to Damascus. That's what he's realizing to us here. When he was in Damascus now, he was telling us it was after three years, which means perhaps he was actually in Damascus for almost three years, now preaching in those three years. Before a governor can know about him, it's because the governor, he was now shaking the city by his convention. Because the, those governors could be Jewish too, or they support the Jews, and so on and so forth. So that was the only reason why the governor went to arrest him in Damascus. That was reported, summarized in the book of Acts of the Apostles. You understand what I'm saying? So in that chapter, verse 18 now, Galatians chapter 1 verse 18, that he said after three years, which means he was he most likely was in Damascus for almost three years, preaching among the to, uh, with, the, with the Christians, telling, to, telling the Jews that Jesus is the only way, 
and confronting them and all those uh, debates and, until the governor wanted to arrest him because they thought he's, he's turning things around here. So you can see what was going on and then he said he, he went now to Jerusalem, verse 18. After three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. And I abode within 15 days. Now he said, why was he telling us in just 15 days? To make us say that if he's learning this thing from Peter, it won't be, it won't be in 15 days. Because he already have been preaching before that. Verse 19. He said, But other of the apostles saw I none, save James the Lord's brother. But he didn't see any other apostles, so you can't say maybe other apostles taught him anything. But he saw he saw James, that's the, the, the brother, James the son of Mary, which was brother of Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Apostle Paul said, He's not lying, he's telling you the truth. Verse 21, afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Now he was now going, preaching about, and what he was saying is that he only was with Peter for 15 days, so he didn't learn anything from Peter, nor from James. Everything he was teaching was from revelation that he got from the Lord Jesus Christ when he went to seek the Lord, perhaps in that Arabia, and the Lord revealed himself to him and taught him many of these things that maybe he was wrongly believing those things in the wrong way, and the Lord showed it to him, how he fulfilled, Christ fulfilled all of these things and not uh, what they have been thinking it meant. Up to today, if you go and interview some of those Jewish rabbis of this generation now that don't believe Jesus Christ and you tell them what about the Bible in the book of Isaiah says this about Jesus, they will say no, it's not Jesus that's talking about. You say what about the book of uh, uh, Malachi is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, they will say no, it's not Jesus Christ he was talking about. They have twisted all those and given their own explanation to all those prophecies of the prophets to suit their own thinking and that has been the the way of the human beings they would interpret something they don't understand to suit their own understanding to suit their own leaning and many times many of we believers have confronted the Jews and pointed out the books of Isaiah chapter 53 where Isaiah talk about the Messiah that he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed we are pointing to them to the apostle prophet Isaiah was actually prophesied by the Messiah who will be crucified and he was wounded for us and his blood was shed and the Jews that believe, know that it's Christ that we are talking about there. The rabbis and the Jewish rabbis of up to today that don't want to believe Jesus is their Messiah, they have their own explanation for that Isaiah chapter 53. They say, oh, he's talking about that, he's talking about Israel. It was Israel that was in the crucible of God. And God has been born to Israel. And it's not a single man. So they try to spiritualize some of those things. And say, it's not talking about the Messiah. And if you point to another Bible prophecy, they will say it is this. So they have their own wrong explanation. So when Christ came and was revealing that this is what Moses wrote about me, about himself. This is what uh, David the prophet wrote about himself. David, King David was a prophet. This is what uh, the prophets wrote about him. It takes God to open the eyes of people for them to understand this. You have to know. They are not going to understand by just reading the letters of the, of the book of Moses. Because some of those things, God was revealing it, but it was still in code. The Holy Ghost, only the Holy Spirit can reveal it to the people that He wanted to reveal it to. And that is really the mystery of the Word of God. That only the Holy Spirit can make you understand what God meant. Everything Moses was writing down, 
it looks like uh, he's just telling stories, but some of those are not just stories. They're actually talking of what God is going to do and what God is planning to do for mankind. Take of the story of the book of Genesis chapter 3 when he said, God created man in his image. And it looked like just summary of what happened. But when you begin to get the Holy Ghost to explain to you, it's not just talking about six literary days. God was prophesying that he gave a man being 6,000 years, six days, one day for a thousand years. Human race that he's creating here, 6,000 years, then will be a rest. And the rest is the 7,000th year of mankind upon this planet Earth. And that rest is what we call the millennium. That the Bible prophesied in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, that there will be 1,000 years of reign of Christ upon the earth. That is the rest of God that God was talking about. So, basically, why did he symbolize it to Moses as if it's just, I created the world in six days and the seventh day I rested? God was prophesying. It was, a, it was a coded word. It says, okay, it has to be decoded. But see, everybody have been debating it and say, how can God create it in six literary days? Uh, see, see they, because they couldn't get the revelation. It's the revelation God is giving to mankind. But that's why when Jesus Christ came, he was pointing to the apostles what Moses wrote about him that nobody could understand. In fact, he spoke one to the Pharisees. He said, when David the king said, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemy thy footstool. He said, why did David call him Lord if you think the Messiah is the son of David? They couldn't understand, they couldn't explain it. Because David was speaking in the spirit. In fact, David himself may not even understand why he was saying that. That's because God was talking in codes to mankind. Until he revealed it to us, nobody will understand it. But those who don't understand it, they want to fight those who may reveal it to. So that is how been the story. And that is what we are seeing here. God is revealing this thing to us that this is the plan of God for the ages. He will now send the word of God to the Gentiles through Apostle Paul to teach the nations of the world that the Messiah has come to redeem mankind. Everybody should now individually come to the Messiah. And, and you know, the devil will not, let, not, will not allow that to go unchallenged. Some 600 years later, they will raise up another somebody that will try to confront his own religion to confront Christianity. So the devil is not going to let it go without a fight. See, but we, we just can say, I know my sheep and they hear my voice. So let's wrap up this chapter one of Galatians and read the rest of the stories Apostle Paul was saying. In verse 21. He said afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, that's when he started preaching about, and was unknown by faith unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. He said nobody in, in among the church, among the believers in Judea knew much about him, they only heard about him. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preached the faith which once he destroyed and they glorified God in me. So Apostle Paul more or less first telling us about his own testimony is what he wrote in this chapter 1 of Galatians. Uh, why was he testifying about himself? He was giving his own testimony just like I gave my own testimony how the Lord Jesus visited me and, and touched my lips and said and make me to understand that he has put his word in my mouth and that's why I'm teaching it that's why I'm preaching it and you do well to believe. Apostle Paul gave his own testimonies to point out that he didn't learn this thing he was teaching and preaching from many of the other apostles that he learned directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is, uh, the moment somebody says, you are proud to say that. No, he was not proud, he was trying to show his credentials. Now people ask me that, which Bible study, which Bible college did you go to? I said, I didn't go to any Bible college. I'm an engineer by profession. 
electrical engineer, computer engineer. But how did you get all of these things? Who taught you all of these things? You didn't go to Bible college? No. Jesus Christ sent me out. Show me the word of God and make me to understand and explain and say, go and teach my people. Go and preach the gospel and I'm preaching it and you do well to believe. And that's what I'm saying. The same thing as Apostle Paul said, he got it directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. So we do well to believe what Apostle Paul has written now and we do not want to be confused or confused by the people that don't believe that wanted to just mix their tradition, culture with the Christianity that Christ brought, which Apostle Paul was laying down. That Christ is the end of the sacrifice for sin. He has sacrificed himself once and for all. There's no need for any more sacrifice. The Muslims are still sacrificing rams every year. The Jews are trying to start their own sacrificing of the Arnav temple in Arnav temple. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. You will see that in all these letters of Apostle Paul. Christ sacrificed himself once and for all for mankind. And his blood was shed. And then we are now to come and accept him into ourselves. He said, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, that is the sacrifice, then you have life in you. And I will continue this series in the next broadcast. God bless you.